Hey, y'all, it's V. And AD. And we got a little secret. So if you've happened to scroll through our Instagram and check out our social media graphics or head over to our YouTube and check our thumbnail graphics, then you know we've leveled up our life 100%. Hell yeah. We partnered with our friends over at Design Pickle, and they gave us a little code to give to you guys. 50% off of your first month of graphic design essentials and custom illustration. All you have to do is plug in that code APAN50, and that'll get you 50% off your first month. That's A-P-A-N-50. And get like us. Get like me. Have you ever gotten into a fight? Did I tell you about the time the crackhead showed me up? Oh. Uh, what? So <laughs> she was about 88 pounds soaking wet. I'm I'm 200 plus. I told her to do something. She didn't want to do it. So I decided to lock her in. You, you ever hear where they say they have that subhuman strength? Yep. <laughs> When I tell you I came at her with 200 plus and she showed me up like she went. (laughs) And I was so embarrassed because all my peoples was there. My (laughs) peoples had to help me. And she was 88 pounds and she was cracked out. But she had this superhuman strength. I said, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that like it was yesterday because my feelings was hurt. Welcome to a podcast about nothing with V. And AD. Today we have a very special guest. Guest, please smile for us, guest. (laughs) Smile for me. Um... This is my very special cousin, Liza. Uh, She doesn't know, but I have always, always looked up to her. She is and has been always like a badass, okay? Let me tell you, just a quick story. Uh, When I was younger, she had a poster of Hulk Hogan on the back of her door. (laughs) um and then she had a picture of herself which i thought was so strange because like (laughs) what woman like likes hulk hogan and but i'm like six years old right and then she had a picture of her in like this fuchsia (laughs) dress right like that came like right here but um and I think it was next to Hulk Hogan. And <laughs> it was just very strange to me. Like, she was this baddie that loved wrestling. So, yeah. Anyway. That's um, exciting. <laughs> yes, yeah, very exciting. Um, my cousin has worked as a CO uh, on Rikers Island for Sheesh. over 30 years. Right? 26. Oh, sorry. 26 years. Um, And she is going to enlighten us and tell us a little bit about her story and her journey. And what was so special to me about this was that, you know, it's Women's History Month. And we tend to celebrate women that have done these, like, crazy, or what people say, you know, have done these crazy things. Oh, she you know, swim across the Atlantic in two days, you know, Uh stuff like that. But we have our everyday heroes, and my cousin Liza is definitely one of them. So, 
thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here. And if you could, I think I introduced you, but in your own way, can you let the people know who you are? Okay. Good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Liza. I'm Davina's cousin. I am a retired correction officer from Rikers Island. I did completed 26 years on Rikers Island. How I wound up on Rikers Island is I went to college and I believed that I was going to be the next Johnny Cochran, great lawyer slash judge until I found out how much money it would cost <laughs> me to reach that goal in education. Mm. So one day I took a civil service exam and uh, it was for correction officers and I got called. And 26 years later, I'm retired with a fat pension. <laughs> okay, pension. <laughs> So, cousin, can I um, can I borrow? <laughs> sound like money to me. <laughs> so, twenty six years. Um, yes. And and you wanted to be um, wanted to be a judge, but you went down a different path. I stayed in the criminology field because it's a vast field. So you didn't have to spend that hundred grand trying to be a lawyer or a judge because few are successful in that career. Mm. Um, and I went on a field trip one day with uh, my college class and the judge uh, graduated from my college and she spent some time speaking to us and I, particularly was in adolescent court. And um, I realized that I didn't have to be the judge or the lawyer. There was, there's a whole vast field of people that work in crime and criminology and law. And that were other positions for me. And Thus far, took the correction officer's test. I also took PD's test twice. Hmm. Public defender, I'm guessing? No, police, police department. The police department. Oh, okay. okay. So was this, was taking the job one of those things that was supposed to be a segue into another career option for you? or it's, it's It definitely started out that way. Okay. And then... Just like any job, when you got there, you realize there was a lot of opportunity in corrections. You don't have to stay as a correction officer. There are captains, there are lieutenant, mm. lieutenants, there's deputy wardens, there's wardens, there's so many other positions that you could climb the ladder of success in corrections. Okay, I didn't know that. I didn't either. I thought it was just the officer and then you out. No, no. Officers are normally in colored shirts. I wore a navy blue shirt. Captains and supervisors wear white shirts. You are identified by the stripes or the bars on your shoulder. And are these jobs particular to the facility that you work in? 
this is a random question, but like you're a correctional officer for this particular building. Is that, no, does that make sense? No. Okay. And once you take the job, you have to be able to work anywhere. You can be called to work anywhere. Mm. You can be transferred on a dime. It's mm. the, you meet the needs of the facility or the organization. Rikers Island as an island, it consists of 12 jails. So oh. I didn't have, and of the 12 jails on Rikers Island, I worked in three different ones. So you can be transferred at any time. You can be promoted at any time. You fit the need where the need is needed. What are the 12 jails on Rikers Island? Wow, I did not know that. Oh, you want me to name all 12 you don't, of them? I mean, I, you, not the name, but like, what are they, what they doing? Separating okay, so 12 we times. have <laughs> right. jail. We have a jail called um, North Infirmary Command where sick inmates go. Okay. Um, those are the inmates with wheelchairs, HIV, and vast other ailments. And that jail is equipped to handle medical needs better than any other jail. Okay. We have an adolescence jail. We have a female jail. We have, of course, because there's more men, we have several male jails. We have a sentence jail, meaning if you do a misdemeanor and you're sentenced to city time, which is a year or less, one year or less, your time will be done in that jail. We have um, a sentenced female facility where, again, if you are doing one year or less, it will be done in that facility. So it depends on your classification. See, that's as to where I we did put not you. know that. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was just one big space. One big building. No, no, no. 12 different buildings. And it, it, you know, every time I see it, it looks like one of those schools or churches mm-hmm. in London on a, you know, just deserted right, secluded out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So how many different how many different departments did you work in? Uh, it's hard to say. It's more easier to say where I didn't work because mm-hmm. I worked everywhere. I. I am a person, I guess the longest I was with was protective custody females Mm. um, for six years. But on average, I changed every two to three years to go to different places and learn different aspects of the job. So I was at at the end of my career, because... In New York, you're only mandated to do 20 and you can retire. I did 26. Towards 15 years, as you become a senior officer, you get more uh, lucrative positions where, as to say, others could not get. And I worked all over the jail. I learned everything. I was nosy. I was hungry. (laughs) I just wanted to see what was going on. I wanted to make sure I was on my A game at all times. Can I just want to ask you, what is your mindset? Well, what was your mindset being in the position on a day-to-day? Like, it sounds like a very difficult job, depending, being that there's 12 different places, more departments, other ladders to climb. It's like, what was your motivation to go to work and every single day and to learn and be so eager to learn and 
take in all of this stuff? For me to say that there wasn't a fear factor there, I would be lying because I was going to jail every day. Yeah. But not always was the enemy an inmate. I believe that. Mm. And um, I approach life, I would like to believe that God had my back as well as an elite group of friends that we decided that we were going to do this job together and we had each other's back. Mm. And those are lifelong friends to today. And we all met on a job where in order to survive, we had to support each other. Yeah, that's crazy. I never looked at it from that point of view but that was a great question because like you said you're you're going into the jail every day and the way they show us you know the prison system in jail on one end they show you that it's this oh it's like high school and it's fun and then on the other end you know scare straight they try to scare the mess out of you yeah um what what was the most dangerous part of your job it's called CMC Max. Uh, men, men have an element of violence greater than women, and these were men who made the news, high-profile cases, mm. and at no point did you take for granted when you was working in a CMC Max environment. Uh, you had to have all your sense about you, your sixth sense, your tenth sense, <laughs> and a good and a good team. Oof. Dang. So seems that was that was the roughest part of my job. CMC Max. And what what type of things did you, if you're able to say, what what type of things were people in there for? Uh, one was in there for cooking his girlfriend in a pot of soup, cutting her up and cooking her in a pot of cooking? soup. Cooking? I know. Well, I didn't expect you to say that. <laughs> I, I don't even know what I expected to come out of your mouth. So, CMC Max are people that the most heinous people that you see on the news and and on TV. And you you worked there? Yes, and, I did. So there wasn't any because I feel like. Wow, so they had women working But it wasn't there? me alone. It was me and and five other officers. Do you understand? This yeah. is not a post that you could work alone. Mm. And let me say something, ladies. Uh, we're equipped with personal body alarms, meaning if we get attacked, we hit the alarm and the response team comes. We're also equipped with pepper spray. We're also never work alone. You mm. will always be partnered with somebody. You will always be on a camera. You will always have the ability to have back. Mm. That's good. I'm going to say that's good to know. Yeah. So you guys didn't carry guns. You cannot carry a gun inside the jail at no point ever because you can be 
uh, overpowered by a mm. group of inmates yeah. and your weapon could be taken from you. So no, no, the only um, uh, defense we had was pepper spray inside the jail. Now, when you're escorting an inmate to the hospital or court, you have guns. Mm. I guess it was down peg. Dang. That's... Uh... And I'm guessing the day-to-day life as a correction officer will be different. A 10-hour day, um, a lot of overtime. Um, We report to work, um, and we just do our job. I I need more specifics to what you want to know about the day-to-day. We're responsible from anywhere from 10 to 100 inmates, depending on where you work. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I guess the day-to-day will be different depending on the department and where you work and stuff like that. Yes, so. yes, yes, yes. And uh, Like I said, I could be in a housing unit or uh, on a post that only has 10 inmates, and then I can be on a post that has 100 inmates. I know when we talked... Um a little while ago, we talked about the amount of women that were incarcerated and that over 75%, you know, at least 75% of those women are mothers that Mm. are in jail. And that's, you know, you never think about that. That's such an alarming rate. Yeah, it is. And it's like, what happens to the children, you know, and, and, what type of programs does the does Rikers Island have for for these moms for the kids? You know, are they allowed to stay in the jail with the parent? So no, okay. So let me take this topic because it was near and dear to my heart. We and I'm only speaking for New York City. Rikers Island. So each state is different. To me, Rikers Island took care of every need of a female inmate because female inmates have more needs than male inmates. So you could come to jail pregnant and we have a nursery. A nursery that is state-of-the-art that is equipped with medical staff, an officer, everything from strollers, cribs, bottles, washers, dryers, refrigerators, every need that a baby would have. But you can only keep that baby in there if you're nonviolent, non-drug addicted, and you're sentenced to a year or less. If you are in there with your child for six months, and then you lose your case and you get sentenced to 10 years, Mm. the day of your sentencing, we send your baby home. If you do not have a home, then we arrange for an outside agency to take your child. Now, Mm. I did Tuesday visits, which is ACS, which is social workers, which is... um, um, foster children, social workers. It's a whole big organization, and they bring a busload of kids up to the jail 
to visit their mothers. That was very heart-wrenching to see because the kids are a victim of the system. And you are only allowed a short visit with your mother. Most mothers lie and say they went to college. Most mothers tell it what it is. Uh, It's a different type of visit because you have a bunch of children running around the visit house with their mother. It is very heart-wrenching to see at the end of the visit, the hugs, the kisses, the tears, the disconnect I was just about to say I can only imagine. it's not it's not like any other visit it's not like uh Davina going to visit anybody children when children are involved is a whole new dynamic at least they gave them that option because I've never even yeah heard of that Rikers every Island, other, yeah every other Tuesday they're allowed uh, ACS visits where the bus comes up with a, a bus full of children and we just have a different type of visit for them. Yeah, Rikers Island gets such a bad rap. I I honestly, I've only heard about it from rappers. Lil Wayne. Yeah, mm-hmm. getting sentenced, going there, and I just thought it was a maximum security and from the misconception, I guess, or the perception of it, is just they do everybody dirty. That's just the only things that I've heard about them. Me too. In my but life. that's not true. So yeah. let me shed some light on you, 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 you or your talk to your audience. Um, and maybe I shouldn't say what I'm about to say. You so should. You should. You, you cut and sense of what you need. <laughs> I processed Remy Ma and didn't know who I was processing. Mm. Ah. I processed Remy Ma because I was the senior officer there when she came in and all the young officers knew she was a rapper and I wasn't impressed. And (laughs) I was able to professionally do my job because I didn't know who she was outside of Rikers Island. And she, let me say, was very compliant, never wasn't arrogant anything we got through that process very quick because i knew i had a vip but i didn't know who she was was. so then i called my niece who jumped through the phone because she knew who remy ma was (laughs) (laughs) so kudos to the old people that are able to do their job because they're not impressed by the young people who else do you know of anyone else that you that you how many vips did how do they let you know it's a vip um we usually get a security memo ahead of time of who's coming and um it usually goes to our supervisor and then our supervisor comes out and speaks to their team Because I processed inmates for over 15 years. That's the intake. That's Mm. where you come from the street, and I process you in the jail. I also handle your court cases. I also, so I do the fingerprinting, the photographing, all that. We saw that on 60 Days In. It's called processing. I was just about to say, is Rockers Island a jail or a prison? Is there a difference, or is it the same thing? It's a jail. 
okay. into jail until your court case is satisfied. Meaning, until you are sentenced to a year more, then you go to a state prison. prison. Hmm. So it's almost like what people would consider like a county anywhere else. Yes. Okay. Exactly. It's just so. Exactly. It's it, wow. I thought wow. I thought it was like a prison. Yeah, like you so. We have state time. buses. We have state buses that go up every day and come down every day, because on Rikers Island you have twelve different jails. And you always have people getting sentenced and you always have yeah. people getting released. So it's a, it's like a, a, a mid station between. Yeah. I, I have a question though. So is there a cap on how long somebody can stay in jail? That's up to the court. So you could be oh, fighting yes. your case for over. You could be fighting your case for over three years. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like it's so local, but like so you would the, think the the jail is governed by the court. By the court. So depending on the court is how long you sit in. Yes, we have no control over anything that the court says or does. We just comply with what the court says and That does. makes sense as to why they may take so long because I'm even waiting on a court date from a ticket two years ago. That's crazy. From when we were in New York. Literally. And that was two years ago. Recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But so let me, let me say this young ladies there is so much to the court system i don't want to glorify it um the job i did it i did it successfully i retired uh it had its challenges um but at no point did i go into that jail every day and take for granted or assume that that there wasn't a risk yeah so let's talk let's talk about that i worked with um every classification inmate that there was um when you say what is classification they'll take the paperwork that comes to jail with you and classify you on a scale of one to ten one being the roaches, and I shouldn't say that. One being the le- least problem, mm-hmm. ten being the most problem. Mm-hmm. And I worked with everything in between. We have a mental health facility that was um, made out of the need that PD will arrest you and bring you straight to Rikers Island. They ship you from court to Rikers Island. So you haven't had a mental health evaluation. So I worked with mental health for a while. Um, I worked with adolescents. I worked with adolescents, which are the largest growing population in incarceration. Hmm. And adolescents is still considered, what, like 11? A. 18 and under. 18 and under. What's the youngest child you've... you've? Uh, we have to... Until we get your birth certificate, we only accept 
16 to 18. And 16 is questionable. Hmm. Okay. But when I say the quickest people coming to jail is adolescents. For what kind of things? Everything. But uh, today, gang violence, drugs, um, was wilding that? out. Yeah, I was about to say, did you notice any spikes, like any drastic spikes on your time, like your 26 years over the job? Because you said it's the fastest growing, but when did you really notice, like, okay, this is getting out of control? Um, maybe, maybe 2000. 2000. Mm. Yeah. Them 90s kids. Yeah, because the older... The older people in jail, inmates and officers were able to hold control over the youngsters. It got out of hand with gang violence, crack, weed. I won't even blame weed. Drug, the drug trade. When the drug trade got out of hand, the adolescents got out of hand. Mm. Mm. That is crazy. And you know what bothers me? Can I speak about something? Yes, and I of course. hope this makes your cut. What bothers me today is when I see a young man walking down the street with his pants hanging down. <laughs> that bothers all of us. <laughs> Every single one of us. Hold up, hold up. Do you know where that came from? The gay. It came from jail, baby. Because we <laughs> have to take we have to take your belt. And we have to take your shoelaces so you don't try to commit, so you don't try to harm yourself. So once we took your belt, your pants start mm. sagging. Once we took your shoelaces, your sneakers or your boots start clicking. How did that glorify from jail to the street? That jail fashion. How and, and and you got these young boys around here doing it and it's just disgusting. Yeah, it is. But that started inside the jails when we took your belt and your shoelaces so you couldn't harm yourself. That's I, well, I guess when they got out of jail, you know, that's just that how it's institutionalized. It, yeah. You don't even realize it. Like, I don't mm-hmm. even like my pants all the way up no more. Like, what? We um we had uh the episode that just, our last episode that came out, we had a conversation with two um young ladies that were inmates. And they talked about the visitation, mm-hmm. uh the men visitation versus the women yeah, visitation. And they said that the women... Um, only got I think it was like two, two or two days, and then the men got the rest. And we we're like, well, that's not fair. Women have kids. What, is it is that the same on Rikers Island? Okay, so I'm just going to try to put this in a little perspective for you. For every female jail, there are five male jails. Mm. So men outnumber the women, city and state, incarcerated. Mm. And they don't offer the men the same program 
as the women and most of the people running the program don't understand the incarcerated population so any state let's go with georgia y'all in georgia how Mm. many female facilities do you have to male and that's why the men got different regulations for visits that makes a lot of sense it does yeah because she said but they were she said they were together in the same in the same building yeah, and that's but, how she was able to notice but it's considered so that's the, that's called a visit house where if you call for a visit by the time we actually call you for a visit your guests have been there for over an hour mm-hmm. and now we got to bring you down we bring you down to a visit house that could be shared by males and females females on one side males on the other you never mix yeah in new york you never mix they were in uh philadelphia yeah she said so i i i can't speak for that but i can speak for what she assumed she saw because nobody looks at the bigger picture that Mm. for every female facility there are five male facilities so men outnumber the women and their regulations are slightly different so are you able still to have a visitor come every time you're open to have visitation uh so we break it up a to l m to z Whatever day that your last name falls under, yes, you were entitled to a visit on that day. Mm. So I guess that clears that up. So what other, I guess, what probably were some of the big biggest misconceptions behind your job title as a CEO? My big one, some of the biggest misconceptions is thirty years ago, we didn't hold these jobs. Hmm. When I say we, we as women, we as black women, we as black people. It wasn't until Miss Ann and Mr. Charlie realized that they couldn't control our people Hmm. that they started to give us these jobs so they no longer Hmm. would have to be behind a concrete jungle with our people. So we go in with the mentality that I got this, I got this. And a lot of people don't respect black on black crime. Black on black crime happens from the most intelligent level down to the most unintelligent level. Hmm. And what keeps your jails calm is the older crowd that respects the rules respects everybody wanted to know how I work with male inmates it's how you carry yourself if you walk with the Lord I I, I don't understand and the brothers was not going to let any other group disrespect me as a woman because they looked at me as a mother a sister a wife and they knew as long as you carried yourself in a professional manner Mm. It was unprotected security by the inmates of your nationality. Mm. Hmm? Mm. I still want to talk about black on black crime. 
I still want to talk about why you can't respect me, but you can respect Miss Ann and Mr. Charlie. I still want to talk about why you think we there, why we got to hate each other, why we can't put our minds together for the bigger cause. Was that a lot of your job trying to calm people down to recognize that you guys aren't against? My job, my job was not really calm people down to get into your head to to so I had this young lady and trust me she was a bit much <laughs> but I'm one of her best friends now and she was an adolescent and she was a rough adolescent we spent quite a bit of time together when we finished she had her GED mm. She left jail and never came back. I don't know what bonded us together because I didn't agree with her methodology. Um, but uh, I think that was a win-win case for me because mm. I spent every day with her until she saw life the way her parents tried to teach her and she didn't want to listen. Young lady got a GED, but was always told she was dumb. So I had to change her lessons because as an adolescent, you're governed to go to school Monday through Friday from eight to three every day until you get a GED. Mm-hmm. In the state of New York, mm. all adolescents must go to school until they get a GED. Well, that's good. And I just sat there and started spending time with her, her homework, her, what was going on, this, that, and the other. She passed a test. She run back and tell me she, you know. That's probably all she needed was somebody to show that they cared and to spend some time. Well, we did, you know how we did math? Mm. We did math because I had to put it in streetwise. At the time, it was true religion genes. <laughs> oh, so I had to say, well, it was relatable. Bought, if you bought two pair of true religion jeans and I gave you X amount of dollars, how much money would you bring me back? <laughs> I don't want to say that I did the same thing for drug dealers, but it makes sense. It makes sense. Like you have to. So now I'm, I'm teaching late. you math. I'm teaching you economics. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching you, you know, you're blindly. These are things that are in your life every day, but need to be turned around so you can understand them. That's the way to put it. Yeah. Oh, look at you changing lives. (laughs) Well, Davina, if I spent anywhere from 8 to 16 hours with them, it wasn't always a battle. Sometimes it's yeah. a mental battle. Sometimes it's uh, a, a, a graceful battle. Yeah. They, they don't always have to be. And that's why I respect my people. Let's just talk statistics. You asked me, does jail work mm-hmm. for 30% of the people? Yeah. Yeah. Correction for 30% of the people that never want to come back. But 50% of the people don't learn how to use jail. 
That's you exactly what Tamika me- said. You get three meals a day. You get medical attention. You get... Um, uh, you don't have to pay any rent. I've definitely the heard stuff, of that. The stuff that you and I go through, they don't have to go through a jail because taxpayer dollars pay for it. Yeah. And jail, jail must provide you with the minimal requirements, which is meal, medication, and a bed. And that's all some people need. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, that's it. And some people look better inside than they do outside mm-hmm. because they can't deal with the challenges, the nose, the system, the bill paying, the trying to make ends it's meet. Too much. When you don't have to do none of that, you just come. You can steal a pocketbook and come do spend some thing. time with me. Did you have anyone who was like in and out like that just because maybe during the winter I time had, or? I had a Spanish young man who um, was the nicest man in the world. He was on my sanitation crew. He could do floors like nobody's business, make you look like he was in the military or something. (laughs) Never gave me a hard time, came to work every day, did whatever I needed him to do. So finally, I asked him what was going on. Mm He said he would never go to a shelter because shelters doesn't work. Most of the programs don't work. He commits a crime in October that will keep him in jail to May, which are the winter months. Mm. and then he goes back out in the street for the summer months because no other program worked for him and in jail he does not have to spend rent he does not have he just comes cleans himself up and goes back out for the summer and warm months so he knows exactly what crimes to commit to get him in there for the certain yeah for for that time Mr. Me, well, let me yeah. go do this stupid. Oh, wow, people are really calculating mm-hmm. and get all cleaned up, all medically cleared, everything, anything he needs, and released. And then he goes. And how and... often was how how long was this going on for? Uh, I would say most of his adult life because he wow. understood the system real good, and he was never going to go to a shelter and. Half of the time, his food stamps get cut off or whatever the case may be. He he found coming to jail better than trying to survive on the street. That's sad. And if he had to go to the street, it would be the warm months, so it wouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What was one thing that surprised you, like, out of all of your 26 years? Well, what was one thing that surprised you still to this day? The fact that we could let you go on a Friday and you were back on a Saturday. What? Wait, what? Like we we could let you go, discharge you from jail on a Friday. And you go out and commit a crime and be back before I went home, took a shower, got me some sleep, and came back. 
Dang. What are people like? What are you do, like? What are people doing? What are y'all doing? Like y'all didn't go home and chill not once. They just no. got out and wowed out. Then we got. Let's talk about the smart inmate. I think I mentioned this to Davina. You ever been sitting in a black salon, and I don't want to say black salon, no hood salon, and you getting your hair done, or your nails done, or your feet done, and somebody come in selling stuff? All the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so our boosters, which are some of the best in the city, knew that we got paid every two weeks. They studied the places we went to eat. We went to hang out, the bars and the clubs. And every two weeks, they was there with their merchandise. <laughs> so, so, okay. And y'all would just be there buying stuff. Yeah, just buying up everything. <laughs> um, no, they, they, like, I don't know if y'all remember, because y'all might be too young, eight ball jackets, the the leather jacket mm-hmm. well we had some that was so good they could get fur coats but the April jackets were pretty big mm-hmm. and we all went out one night and we had the bar this was a local bar that was for PD and corrections and they came in summer yeah. that's smart and sold out <laughs> And then the next day, y'all went and found them. Walk, <laughs> right. walk, look, walked out with cash. Walked out with cash, walked smooth back in the gym. Cash <laughs> and, and, and orders for next payday. Oh. They smart. Somebody told them. They real smart. Any civil service job gets paid twice a month. And if you got a product... I don't know if you can talk about this, but what does a a dirty CEO like look like? What is a? Because I don't get why why people would come and what they would gain out of like being a dirty CEO. Yeah. Okay, so there is no particular look. They come in all shapes, sizes, and colors. But there are inmates who are professional in playing you. If you ain't getting no attention at home and you start getting attention in, in, in at, on, mm. at work, it's a setup. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Sometimes and it they can just see takes it. A, uh ear, just somebody to listen to somebody, somebody to say, oh, uh, I'm trying to do a count because we have to count three times a day to make sure we ain't lose nobody or nothing. And there's MA starts calling me. Miss Mitchell, Miss Mitchell, Miss Mitchell. And I thought it was whatever, but I'm still counting and I finish counting. I come back over to him. He want to know is what was the name of my perfume that I was wearing? <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, you're about to bamboozle me. <laughs> nah, because he had been smelling funk all day. And when I walked past him, it was a breath of fresh air. <laughs> My point is, you ask me what dirt looks like, there is no definition of dirt. They come in all shapes, sizes, and colors. There are inmates to set you up. Inmates get whatever they want in jail. Mm. Uh, And women want a lot less than men. Men want cell phones, drugs. (laughs) Women want 
perms, weaves, <laughs> and um, simple and food. And food. And snacks. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> Give me them for snacks. <laughs> um, have you ever gotten into a fight? Uh, what? Mm-hmm. Usually helping somebody else, not me one on one. Oh, did I tell you about the time the crackhead showed me up? Oh, uh, what? So <laughs> she was about eighty-eight pounds, soaking wet. I'm, I'm, two hundred plus. I told her to do something. She didn't want to do it, so I decided to lock her in. You, you ever hear what they say? They have that subhuman strength. Yep. <laughs> When I tell you I came at her with 200 plus and she showed me up like she went. (laughs) (laughs) And I was so embarrassed because all my peoples was there. My (laughs) peoples had to help me. And she was 88 pounds and she was cracked out. But she had this superhuman strength. I said, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that like it was yesterday because my feelings was hurt. <laughs> they still hurt. <laughs> salty. Dang, 88. She said 88 so wet. Usually I was helping other people when you asked me did I get into a fight. I was usually helping other officers because you cannot just stand there. You must assist. Dang. So, I, being in, you know, on Rikers Island for 26 years, you have kids, did it, was there a large, um, as far as like race, race and ethnicity goes, was the highest population black, African-American, people of color? New York is a melting pot. The highest population of incarcerated individuals is black. But we started to see increase in other nationalities. But yes, black is predominant. And black men in particular. Black men in particular. We got a high Hispanic population when uh, uh, we got a rash of the Latin Kings, the MS 13s, you know. Then we have a large uh, population of Spanish women. Yeah, but black men number one. Did it? Did it frame the way you raised your son? Mm, that's a good question. The truth be known, no. Um, the last five years in the United States. Mm-hmm. reinforced that I did a good job with him Hmm. but no matter how much of a good job you do you could be jogging you could be going to buy cigarettes the most feared individual in the whole wide world today is a black man and an educated black man at that and I pray every time he leaves the house and every time he comes back because I never thought Xavier 
and that's my son, would sling drugs, steal, hit old people in the head, anything to get arrested. But then I noticed that America's scared of you because you're black Regardless and you're what you do. a male. Mm-hmm. His, his pants don't hang. His shoes don't click clock. He's college educated mm-hmm. and he's still feared. Yeah. So please help me. <laughs> we still please help understand. me. Davina, you're you're the mother of two young black boys. Do you see change on the horizon for them? Not I'm in this country. I'm I'm moving to Africa, so <laughs> podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving to Africa. At least I ain't got to worry about somebody pulling them over and shooting them because they don't look like them. They're not feared because they're black. I'm just saying with all the changes or all the things that we've seen recently, as a parent, you'll always worry. Always worry. And sometimes you're more protected on the inside than you are on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I, you know. I think about it all the time when you do leave the house, when Jaden goes somewhere, you know, now it doesn't even matter. Man, woman, child, grandmother, like Mm. we're just, Mm. we're just feared, you know, Asian, black, Hispanic. Yep. So, so I want to, going back to what the subject was today. Um, could you be an officer in jail? Yes, you can. Who? You? You, you asking me? You. Oh. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's so funny. Why? I've actually been offered Why? that job before. We wanted to talk about jail. You wanted me to enlighten you about jail. We talked about visits. We talked about where I work, my experiences, <laughs> women versus men. We briefly touched on mental health. <clears throat> we a- let it be AD known. could do it. No, I couldn't. I was just saying somebody offered and suggested it. I've heard it being suggested to me more than one time. Look at that. But it wasn't something that it was on my like radar. Let me ask you something. You have a babysit? Uh, yeah, I prefer not to, though. Mm, okay. You have a babysit for big money? no no, I haven't haven't reached it there but since I'm a child I I knew I didn't like babysitting children do you understand if you if you can survive a civil service job I'm not promoting civil services not for everybody but I don't have to work another day in my life and I've got full medical coverage. I was about to say, it, I bet you, you got that good benefit package. Good insurance. Mm, everything is a dental. I Why they always playing people on the dental? Right. I love, I love benefits. I do. Like teeth came with our bodies too. Help us take care of it. It wasn't something we asked for. <laughs> <laughs> like insurance too. That don't make no sense. Yeah, I wonder why they, they yeah, dental they is always separate. separate. Yeah, it's always separate and more. It's weird. But you know. Th- it's not for everybody and you have to bring a human element a lot i've seen a lot of officers get hurt i've seen a lot of situations escalate to where it didn't have to be because people believe 
the uniform makes the person instead of the person make the uniform. And that's any job you go to. Mm. It's the person that you are. So let's not say that every officer is a good officer because no, I've seen that too. It's the human factor. I didn't let the uniform define me. I let me define the uniform. Mm. I didn't hate my people. I studied the game. I tried to understand the game. I also tried to make it work for me because why should I think I'm Superman with a cape on wrestling you when my word should be enough? Yeah. Why are you hating me because I chose to do the right thing and you chose to do whatever you wanted to do and got caught and busted. Do you think backgrounds had anything to do with it? How you're raised, where you're raised? I was born and raised by a single mother in the projects. So don't tell me you're a victim of your circumstance. Mm -hmm. You can override anything through education. That's why the Department of Corrections, Rikers Island, forces adolescents to go to school. Mm. Educate yourself. Uh, Malcolm X, didn't he do it by reading newspapers in jail? But most of the people go to jail don't have the same strong mindset. And all they're interested in is commissary, visit, wreck, pumping iron. Yeah, that prison swole something different. Don't nobody do legs. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? Everybody, like, prison swole is from, from the waist up. Literally. Legs be skinny as I don't know what. Upper body. And most of the time, things that are going to happen happen at night in jail and happen in the wreck yard where they slinging that iron. Mm. Too much going on. Yeah. Dang. Man, thank you so much for this. This is um, well, no, I I personally don't think that I could do it. Well, let me not say I, I think I think you can, and stop because I I'm trying to address your perception of what jail is. Yeah, I'm I'm not. Is there anything that would stop you from doing this? Babysitting for me. Um, I get very attached to people's stories very then easily. You will, be, you will be one of those that be set up and fired. Yeah, see, I see. I know myself. <laughs> she said I know it so calmly too. Uh, quick story. Set up um, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, social work was a really big thing for me, and I wanted to be a social worker. So who did I go talk to? My aunt, my aunt Betty, and she said. No, absolutely not. You wouldn't survive. I said, why? She said, you're not strong enough. You, you wouldn't be able to do it. I said, well, I'm strong. She said, no, you'll either try to adopt all the kids or you'll be in there fighting with the system and you just can't do that. And that's true. That's true. It's not everything is not for everybody, mm -hmm. but um. I understand where Aunt Betty was coming with you because it was hard for, do you know, I don't know how it is in Georgia, but I could walk the streets in New York right now. 
and hold my head up high and have an inmate, ex-inmate run up on me to say hi. Hmm. When if you was that person on the inside and you had to watch your back walk in the streets, hmm. come on, I have been approached more than several times outside, outside a uniform, just to say hello. So if I'm going anywhere with the story, everybody in jail ain't bad. And the inmate ain't always the inmate. And it's the individual. It's the individual. And you have to rock with that. I would say my care for people in a whole would have to be greater to work that job. (laughs) (laughs) You're careful people as a whole. I just think I I care. It's not that I care too much, but I really get invested in people and who they are. And, you know, so... I know that it probably isn't the job for me, but allowing people to tell their stories is something that I also appreciate. So yeah. when we had Leet and Tamika on the show, and then they they just got us access to um, the prison in Philly on the waiting list. It's pending now for the, I guess it's calls or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just giving people... A chance because like you said every enemy is not in prison you know um and people just want a place to tell their it story. sounds like these two young ladies that you spoke to about philadelphia prison um will probably be reformed will probably get out and never go back again oh they're out most definitely they're out but and and probably will never go back yeah. again. Oh, yeah. but you have to ask yourself if you are a normal individual normal what will cause you to go to jail? Hard times. That's the only. No one's really normal here. though. No, nah, no. Mess with my kids. Oh. Or my mama. Mm. Hands down. I'm gonna have my hands up when the cops come. Mm. Take them. Other than that. Other than that, then I would think about it. Yeah. But a lot of people go to jail for stupidity. Yeah. Or, or emotions or in the moment decisions. I won't say stupidity, I'll say in the moment decisions. Yeah, yeah that's true. So you have to ask yourself, and those are the 30% that'll learn their lesson, that'll do their time, that'll get out and reestablish their self in life and keep it moving. But there are those that work the system to benefit them for whatever yeah i mean you can't really blame those people if they feel like that's what they need to do either that's where it gets i'm tired of everybody i'm tired of everybody blaming everybody else for themselves themselves when michael jackson said the man in the mirror <laughs> oh. and anybody right now 60 and under is not owned owned any reparations owned any 40 acres in the mule the 40 acres in the mule was for my grandmother no, no. the 40 mm-hmm. acres in the mule is for my mother and so i came up out of the projects with a single mother i didn't commit crimes and wind up in jail i wound up in jail with a paycheck 
it's a mindset. Mm. It's a mindset. So that 50%, yeah, they're aggravated. But I didn't go there to judge you. I yeah. went there to try to help. Yeah. But you have made up your mind. Oh, this is what I want to do. That's what you want to do. Yeah, you can't help people like that. Sure. Grown people are accountable for grown decisions. Stop blaming everybody else because you could have went to school. You could have worked that job. Not every job that I like. Not every job paid me well. Some of my supervisors yeah. might have caused me to go to jail. I want my 40 with, acres. Without a paycheck. <laughs> right. Don't let her fool you. <laughs> but, I, but I made concrete decisions. I stand by them. And that's it. And that's what everybody else needs to do. Well, I, think so. I want my 40 acres. Y'all can keep the mule because they don't reproduce. So Hello? Hello? what am I going to do with a mule? Hello? Why? <laughs> she why, said, why? Why? <laughs> why? Why you want 40 acres in a mule? I got stuff to do. That's my reparations. Descendant reparations. Exactly. <laughs> Understand it. And then you would understand that you're not entitled to it because every generation prior to you made a life for you to be better. Mm. And that's why and that's why you got this podcast. You ain't getting no mute. You ain't getting no mute. Your voice, your podcast is your referation on the back of your ancestors. Oh. oh. <laughs> now we want to talk about ancestors. Man, thank you so so much. If you was an inmate in my jail, I'd mess with you. See, that's why I can't go. I'd be like, prison games, who's playing charades today? <laughs> we gonna have a Oh, good no, time. I would mess with you. We would have a good time, okay? Who <laughs> look? Okay, today is <laughs> my girl. This is jail. Sit down. Anybody got any chalk? Today is hopscotch Wednesdays. <laughs> I promise you. Something is wrong with <laughs> today is disco Tuesday. Yeah, She's touched. She's <laughs> we would have a ball. I would have all the programs. See, you're not supposed to be promoting. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want you to go to jail. I was just saying, if I went, I would just, you know, game night on me. Something is wrong with you, bro. <laughs> Man, thank you so much, cuz. This is great. This is great. Thank you. Well, thank you. I thank you. I really hope I shed some light on, and uh, again, I don't. I'm sure there was much more we could have put out there or much more we could have talked about. But um, just know this, there is correction starts within your mind, correcting the mistake that you made, mm. correcting being there, correcting mm. your mindset, correcting your path starts in your mind don't look to the city jails or the state penitentiaries to do that for you there are some venues for help there are some um things that you could find that could lead you in a better path and if none of that works 
there's God. There's plenty of church outreaches. I, I'm just saying, when you don't believe there's a light at the end of the tunnel, it is. But let's start with accountability. Let's start with you. Let's start with you fessing up to what you did and how to correct it. Let's not make jail a way of life. Let's make jail a lesson in life. And lead a better, make better choices. And if I have, if anybody heard my voice today and believes that they are stuck, I tell you that you're not. I tell you that better days are coming. I tell you to look for that path of correction because it's there. Just reach out and ask for help. That Man, like a word. That was a word. And on that note, make sure. Hey, do you have social media? Of course not. Okay. So follow us at <laughs> at a podcast about everywhere. Everyone. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's it's somewhere. It's a button that says what subscribe. Side of the screen am I, on? I don't on know. YouTube. We'll just tell you either of these Down sides. There. And That's then just little, press the notification. Shout out to my cousin Liza. Love you much. Um, love you. Love you more. And I'm a little upset. Wait till I t- stop recording. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, you ain't catching me out there. I'll call you later. Love you. Bye. No, go ahead. Say go ahead. Uh uh-uh, uh. You ahead. ain't catching me out there. What? No. <laughs> Davina, I'm not stupid. Okay. I'm going to call you later. You do. Where you do Look, he can't hear you in the headphones. See, why they always going for him? You did. Wait till Ebony see this. Um, Oh, Ma, Tina <laughs> set me up. Uh, I'm telling the world. And now I'm she's got the world. world. She's she snitching. Oh. I'm telling the world. Love you. Lo- love you, ladies. Do your thing. Thank you. Reach as many people as you can. Give a voice to the voiceless. Talk about okay. anything and everything. Because it only you can change a life if they hear what they need to hear. Thank you. Dang, she be giving us all the. See, gems. that's why we had to stay recording. Because Where's my pen and paper to make no? I... No, goodbye, goodbye. Love you, love bye. you, bye. <laughs>